0: Hey everybody, welcome to the pod, with Donnie, Mickey, and Bernie. And, uh, uh, Mickey, what did you come
1: up with for a title? We're gonna call this one Chat MOV. Chat MOV. And, uh, why would we call it Chat MOV? Well, because we're gonna be using Chat GPT to come up with a bunch of stupid movie scripts that we're gonna just fucking spitball right off the bat. Can we say the F word on this one? Didn't even ask. Yeah, go for it. Hold on, bleep me out. Fuck. (laughs) Perfect. I, I think you missed Perfect that. Perfect time yeah. We got it. Great. It's in. So and yeah. Now, why would we use ChatGPT to come up with movie scripts? Because we're not creative. That's correct. I like it. And plus, you know, we need to figure out we need to talk to people in the, in the industry and find out if we're uh, encroaching on anybody and taking anyone's jobs. But I don't think anyone wants to write us bullshit
0: movie scripts that'll never get made, right? Mm. I don't think too many people would be offended, but this is this is very controversial what we're doing in t- today's age as there's a writer strike going on right now in Hollywood to negate acts like this. Um, fuck them.
1: Well, fuck em. We we don't have anything. We're not sponsored by anyone unless G Fuel wants to hook us up. Uh, actually, don't they don't
0: are they the ones who who sponsors everybody? Uh there's probably low end like beverages. Uh Rise Energy comes to mind. Okay. Or Raise, I don't know. Dude, well, let's not say that name unless they're sponsoring us. <laughs> 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 there. <they're
1: laughs> That's the one. Um, and that brings us to the movie we're gonna cover today. Uh, over the weekend, I checked in with the Ernest uh, series. Uh, specifically, I was watching Ernest Goes to School. Uh, do you guys have any history with Ernest? I used to watch Ernest Scared Stupid all the time. Um, I can't remember anything from the movie except the fact that there was just this like really gross booger scene with the monster, and that's all that I can recall. Doesn't milk kill the... Yes. It, yeah. Milk turns out to be the weakness, which um, I don't know. I guess every kid can relate to milk and adults can relate to... I can
0: relate to milk right now. Being lactose it, intolerant. Being my weakness, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Are you lactose intolerant?
0: Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. At least I think I am. Otherwise, I don't know why else I poop 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: unfortunately, Jim Varney passed in 2000, but his legacy lives on with our new movie called Ernest Goes to Hell. He,
0: he passed away in 2000.
1: Uh, yep. I can look that up. No, yeah, it was 2000. How did he die? How many movies? Uh, he's did... a, a he was a huge chain smoker. He just smoked all the time, Earnest? which is why he had that voice. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Jim Bernie. And 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 it's funny because like I was saying this earlier to you guys, like if Ernest was like still around, like he definitely would have got a Netflix reboot by now. Oh, like, without a doubt. Like someone would have made a new Ernest. Like he, uh, what was the last one? Like Ernest goes to space. Did Ernest go to space yet? He should have. Hold on. Let let me look up. I had the list of Ernest movies. I want to see Slam Dunk Ernest really bad.
0: I assume that's a basketball movie.
1: Uh, No, it's a movie about, (laughs) uh, um, I don't know. (laughs) No, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's awful. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) No, it's a movie about, uh, I don't know. Slam dunk in the competition. He comes a cutthroat businessman. Two hands uh, for safety. Mm-hmm. Ernest saves. All right, so we got Ernest goes to camp. Ernest saves Christmas. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest gets stupid. Uh, Ernest rides again. Ernest goes to school. That's the last one that went in theaters. Uh, slam dunk Ernest. Then we have Ernest goes to Africa. Yikes! I'm sure that one is does not hold up. Mm-hmm. And it's Ernest in the movie. army is his last one, and he's also in uh, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. He did the voice
0: of Slinky Dog. In I was just going to say, he's well. oh, Slinky Dog? Yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. That's probably his most memorable role. Actually, today... <laughs> Not his entire uh, movie series. That Honestly, he the, uh, you listed about five or six movies before you said, and that was the last one that went to theaters. <laughs> he had movies that went to the theater. I guess that was the time. He right? was working on a pirate one. Okay. Uh, like, I don't
1: know what it... I don't know exactly what it was called, but he was working on some sort of pirate. Pirates of the
0: Caribbean. Was he the original?
1: (laughs) Captain Jack Sparrow. How about that? How about we just do Pirates of the Caribbean, but replace Johnny Depp with Ernest and have the role be catered towards
0: Ernest? (laughs) Uh, that That would be, I'd watch that now. I actually never seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Speaking of pirates, you know what's,
1: not to get off topic, but you know what's shockingly really good that I've been watching? The One Piece. Uh not anime the one piece uh, live action show that netflix put out based off the anime i just can't even think about getting into that just because it's based on the anime and it, there's nothing appealing about it usually to me. It what the fuck like is that usually usually like live action adaptations of anime are bad they did a really good job Really, of it like i sure sh- i like i watched it and i i i mean anime i like anime but it's tough to get into and it's tough to sit down and watch it especially at our age Uh, but they do a really good job of getting 61 episodes into eight live action episodes and they do it justice. I'm not a one piece Mm -hmm. guy, so I couldn't tell you if it's accurate, but it's entertaining. What is one piece? Uh, it's a pirate anime. Okay. But there's about, dude, I don't know how many volumes of it, but there's so much content on it. I think the kids are big into it right now. They've, uh, it's been big for like at least 10 years, Mm -hmm. but now
0: it's like not a closeted thing. Like people will rock their Naruto gear and Attack oh, the Titan I, uh, stuff kids like love, crazy. Kids love anime. That's what I mean. It's been like a wave of just that being in like. Oh, I thought you were talking public.
1: about One Piece.
0: One Piece specifically. No, I have no idea what One Piece is. So uh,
1: it's just about being a pirate, about being the best pirate, and uh, I don't know. It's just got all the anime uh-huh. stuff. It's a it's a classic show and jump anime. You know, like the main character loves eating food. uh, just okay. Like, like Goku, and he's essentially Goku, but he wants to be the best pirate, so the best fighter.
0: That's every time I watch anime, I just relate it to Dragon Ball Z or Dragon yeah. Ball because that's all I really know from, yeah, from anime. Even watching Attack of the Titans, I saw like the first season of that, which mm-hmm. was pretty good. I but, watched that. But time. at the same time, I couldn't stop being like, all right, so this is like the Goku character, <laughs> and that's the Krillin. <laughs> all
1: right. And I'm sorry for that tangent, but back to Ernest Goes to Hell. Can we make predictions on this? Do you think Ernest becomes the devil? No. Wow. Uh, oh, nope. Or do you, think, <laughs> do you think Ernest has to
0: overthrow the devil? I think he has to, like, befriend him. Yeah. Like, he ends up, like, making the devil good or something like that.
1: But then that then it wouldn't be hell anymore. Maybe that's the whole movie. I don't know. Ernest, he's going to get himself out of hell by some, like, super simpleton ploy. The same thing, same way they figure out that the monster in Ernest gets stupid is... Uh, Allergic to milk or whatever the hell's I'm going gonna, on. I'm gonna him. have to watch. Like it he's gonna do time. something dumb, and then he's gonna get out of hell because he just did like the
0: perfectly dumb thing.
1: What do you think is the straw that broke the camel's back? Where they were like keeping score on Ernest and decided this is why you're going to hell.
0: I think if you watched all the movies, you could probably tally it up.
1: What for stealing money from innocent people? <laughs> Doesn't he do kind of dirtbag things?
0: Is he, is Ernest a dirtbag? No, <laughs> no. He's, a, he's like a
1: good guy. He's just like a just like an idiot. A, he's like the village like a, idiot. Lo- yeah, he's just like a loser. Like or I don't even know. I haven't seen his movies. It's but it like just feels like he's a fish out of water. It's like if Forrest Gump uh, wasn't like Good. a drama American Tale, and it was just like a comedy about the dumb shit he did. It's all not. The time. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> huh. I think it is. Um, yeah. No, Ernest. Like, why does he even go to hell in the first place? Would be another thing. Like, typically, you got to do something to go to hell, right? Yes. Like, first off, you got to die. Correct.
0: Unless you just kind of... Uh, you never know. You could find a big <laughs> crack in the, in the you oh, okay. know, the Earth's crust, hmm. fall into a big so, hole. So, I guess
1: we might have to be a little specific about how Ernest gets to hell, or are we just going to straight up say,
0: write a movie script where Ernest goes to hell, period. Well, we could do all of it, but, you know, we could, we could just ask straight up. Okay. So, it actually looks like he uh, stumbles upon a mystical portal to hell. Oh. So... In Ernest Goes to Hell, the journey to the underworld begins with Ernest P. Worrell, in his typical curious and unsuspecting fashion, stumbles upon an ancient artifact in a thrift store. The artifact, unbeknownst to Ernest, is a mythical portal to hell. Ernest, being Ernest, cannot resist the urge to interact with the strange item. As he inspects it, he inadvertently activates the portal by uttering his classic catchphrase. (laughs) How do you even say that? Know what mean? That's pretty good. Know no. what I mean? Uh, maybe like that? Do it again? No. Oh, okay. I didn't see the eye in there. No. An... <laughs> know what I mean? That sounds pretty good. Little does he know that those words spoken in the presence of the ancient artifact serve as the trigger for supernatural events. No wonder why it was wow. never activated before.
1: It was. It was predetermined that Ernest would
0: eventually pick this item up, say what he says, and go to hell. Okay. It's truly the devil's work. Hmm. The portal opens abruptly, and before Ernest can react, he is sucked into the swirling vortex, finding himself in the fiery depths of hell. His journey is marked by a series of comical misadventures as Ernest unintentionally disrupts the underworld's order and catches the attention of the demon hierarchy, specifically Beelzebub. Nice. (laughs) Beelzebub. Uh Beelzebub. It's Beelzebub Beelzebub. Uh here. Beelzebub. Throughout the film, Ernest remains blissfully unaware of the chaos he causes, attributing everything to his typical everyday bumbling. <laughs> the, the narrative unfolds as he navigates through hell, unwittingly making friends with a group of misfit demons and ultimately playing a pivotal role in the unexpected upheaval in the underworld.
1: <laughs> All right. So here's a few things I need. First off, Ernest doesn't die, which is good. Thanks, he's safe. Uh Spoiling. I need a cast. I need, yeah. I need a cast and I need uh the demons specifically.
0: I already know that Tim Curry's in it. Yep.
1: Oh. Wow, second Wow, the second he's, name he's that popped go-to. up is Tim Curry
0: This, this, <laughs> this, giant, is, this is a shit.
1: star-studded cast Yeah, this, this, is,
0: this needs to be made If if it could have been
1: Jim Varney, obviously uh, Tim Curry is Bialzabasa, the charismatic And devilish demon, lord in charge of Hell's the mischief department uh, Tim Curry's theatrical and wicked Sense of humor make him a perfect fit For this comedy sentence So this Charisbury. movie needs
0: to be made like What, 25 years ago? Because Tim Curry also isn't doing so hot. Yeah. John Goodman is Hell's Janitor. Yeah, that's a perfect cast. Mm hmm. Uh, A
1: demon with a heart of gold, of course, who befriends Ernest and helps him navigate through the underworld. John Goodman's warmth and comedic talent add depth to this unexpected friendship. Emma Stone as Lucy, the reluctant hero. Lucy is a true hero destined to restore the balance of hell. Emma Stone's wit and versatility bring the life to a character torn between her ordinary life and the extraordinary task at hand. Danny DeVito as Snark, the misfit (laughs) demon, a small, wisecracking demon who joins forces with Ernest and Lucy danny devito's comedic timing and distinctive voice add a hilariously dynamic dynamic to the group kathy bates is Beelzebub's right-hand demon doesn't have a name <laughs> <laughs> uh, a no-nonsense demon lieutenant who reluctantly assists beelzebos in his schemes kathy bates brings her strong presence and sharp wit to the authoritative character linda cartellini uh, B- cartellini oh i'm sorry I thought it was Car- Carnarelli. I thought it was too. Is this a different person? Could no, be. no. It's 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 her. I'm not okay. Uh who it is. Blake Clark and Bill Burg. Bill Burge. Is that Burge? Sorry, I need glasses. I have an appointment No,
0: It's Beurge. I don't know who it is. Uh it yeah, I have it.
1: an I have, I have an appointment uh Wednesday for my eyes. Nice. Really can, <laughs> I can't see I can't see anything anymore. Um one sec, i want to Oh, take a look. It it is Linda Cardellini. Apparently, that's how you say your name. I always thought it was Cardarelli too. I've been saying it wrong
0: for years. Yeah, this guy is definitely. Oh yeah, that guy's a devil in real life. He's he's definitely looks like a friend of Ernest. In this movie, he doesn't really have teeth in this one, so I I would be hard. Oh, hold on. Uh, What what has he been in? Probably in the other Ernest movies. He looks like the guy from Up, the old man. Yeah, he's got that vibe kind of going on. He was probably, he probably inspired the likeness. He is up. No, I thought it was uh, who
1: plays the guy in Up? It's an anime. No, but who does the voice? It's like someone,
0: is it, is it, uh, Blake Clark kind of looks like John Goodman. Oh,
1: that's the, uh he's in the water boy. He's, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: he's oh, into- is he the guy um, that can't, he's like the hillbilly yeah. guy, right? He's just always, he's always talking to nonsense. Yeah, he's yeah. In
1: Joe Dirt. <clears throat> Home is what you make it, and Joe <laughs> Dirt's like, you like to yeah. see homos naked? He's uh, a, <laughs> he, he's Drew Barrymore's dad in Fifty First Dates. The- uh, he's Sean Hunter's dad in Boy Meets World. Oh, look at that. Who is this girl? That, that, she's in Linda freaks and geeks. Geek. She's the main character, freaks and geeks. She's the main character in Gra- Grand love interest boy. and grandma's boy. Yeah, okay. Uh, she's Thelma in the Scooby Doo movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, what else does she do? She's done a bunch of stuff, she's all over the place.
0: Well, these are uh, Ernest's earthly friends,
1: and then uh, voices for the underworld creatures are Frank Welker, uh, Greg Delisle. And D. Bradley Baker as the sassy demonic cats. Oh, nice. Man, wow. So should we flush out some scenes? Yeah. Can we make this movie a hard R or what do you think? Ernest movie's a PG usually, so.
0: like All right. So um, let's say right the plot. With make,
1: some edge.
0: Okay, this movie rated R? Looks like it's just regenerating. Yeah. Um, all right. So we can start with. Right, the intro scene. Do, Ooh, here right. we go. I Here's got this one. <clears throat> do we actually want to act this out or read this out <laughs> as if it's like a We script? could do that.
1: Who does the best earnest here?
0: I don't know. That's a hard one. This is only a quick exchange. So
1: Can we do... play some Ernest and I'll try to do an earnest impression? Yeah. That's He's got a, like a very distinct voice. That's hard. Uh, let's see. I know it's kind of like the dude smoked all the time. Ernest? Yeah. So not, you... not in the in the children's movies, of course, but I guarantee between scenes that guy was just immediately smoking a cigarette.
0: All right, so we flushed out the first intro scene of Ernest Goes to Hell. So, Mickey, you play Ernest. Yeah. And Donnie, you swap between initially the shopkeeper and then you play demon number one, and I'll just fill in with the setups. Okay? Perfect. All right, let's run it. All right, so we're at the Ocul- Ocul- we're at the occult shop at night, the oculus shop. <laughs> I got Mark Zuckerberg on my mind. Do you have an oculus? You look like the type. I don't. I have the, the, uh, the steam VR anyway. The air is thick with an eerie ambiance, illuminated only by the dim glow of strange artifacts. Ernest, wide-eyed and clueless, browses through shelves of occult items, completely oblivious to the sinister nature of his surroundings. Ernest, wearing his trademark denim vest and baseball cap, picks up a dusty ancient artifact, examining it with childlike curiosity. Know what I mean? This thing's older than my Aunt Ethel's lasagna recipe. So good. (laughs) Suddenly, the room trembles, and a low, guttural growl echoes through the shop. The artifact reacts to Ernest's catchphrase, emanating an otherworldly glow. The shopkeeper, a mysterious figure cloaked in shadows, watches from the corner with a malevolent grin. The chosen one. (laughs) In an instant, the artifact transforms into a swirling portal, sucking Ernest into its depths. The shopkeeper's grin widens as he disappears into the shadows. Now we cut to hell, lava-filled cavern moments later. Ernest tumbles out of the portal, landing on a rocky surface surrounded by rivers of molten lava. He looks around, bewildered. Well, that was a mighty peculiar shortcut, know what I mean?
1: Just is every line <laughs> with Ernest? Just I think he's just saying, Know what I mean all the time. It's so good. We need to watch Ernest movies and see if it's actually like yeah. that. I, is that even how
0: he says it? I'm gonna know. assume yes. Know what I mean? Why would this lie to Can us? Can you get
1: a YouTube compilation of "Yo, Know What
0: I Means? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll run that through. <laughs> As he stands up, demonic figures emerge from the shadows, their eyes glowing with malevolence. The atmosphere is menacing, a stark contrast to Ernest's usual lighthearted adventures. Look what we got here, boys Fresh meat (laughs) Ernest, oblivious (laughs) to the danger Scratches his head Uh, you wouldn't happen to have a map In the nearest exit, would you? (laughs) The demons exchange sinister glances Realizing they've got an unwitting intruder In their midst Fade out The tone is set for a darker And more adult-oriented Ernest adventure As he finds himself in the heart of hell Completely unaware of the chaos he's about to unleash
1: and as I said before, right, there's nothing about that that makes it seem like it's darker than a regular Ernest movie. But I would like if we wrote a hardcore sex scene with full frontal.
0: <laughs> what do you, um, what's would be, do you think Ernest gonna is gonna get good banged meta? in this movie? Uh, does
1: Ernest ever have love interest, You think no, you know, that's a good he can't. That's he's a, probably asexual, I would think he can't. Uh, I just don't know. I, I feel like if Ernest did fall in love, it would have to be the love of his life and it he would have to carry through every movie. It doesn't, it, it just doesn't, like he doesn't, he's a character that doesn't need a love, like you don't need a love interest for Ernest. Yeah. But like I could see it forced in at least one, if he's done eight Ernest movies, it was probably forced in at least one of them.
0: He yeah. probably like gets smitten about any woman that's oh, in any of his like movies. Like anyone who gives him
1: the time of day. Yeah. Like Pepe Le Pew.
0: Yeah,
1: right. I mean, We'll put this one on the back burner, but what about Ernest Goes to Divorce Court? <laughs> oh, I don't—we need to put that on the front burner. That's way better than what we're doing now. Can we please switch gears? Yep. <laughs> yes, we can.
0: <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll table Bezel Bossa and his uh, journey to hell.
1: It was all right. This was good, but that is money. Mm. Ernest Goes to Divorce Court.
0: Okay, let's see what we can conjure up here.
1: Oh, should we make it a trilogy? First, he has the marriage. We should get kids involved, too, so there's a custody battle.
0: <laughs> All right, so what's the, what's the chronological order we want to go here? Do we want to cut the divorce court? We can walk it uh, back as yeah, to how he gets there. Ooh, as, like, you, we can uh, create the story after the math, or maybe that can be incorporated yeah. into the oh, divorce court. Oh, we can court. do it like
1: Pulp Fiction out of order. Really make Whoa. it a really
0: artsy, earnest All movie. right, yeah, let me do it like um, in the style of Tarantino. <laughs> 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 Uh, just... Know what I mean? <laughs> There's no way I spelled this remotely right. Ernest goes to divorce court. Let me just uh, make sure I got the spelling of this guy's name. <laughs> that is the least likely place Ernest would ever end up. I think in a in a Tarantino film.
1: <laughs> in a Tarantino film, but also
0: in divorce court. I think. Oh man. Um. Let's maybe we can back it up because <clears throat> it's just cutting straight into <laughs> I don't know the scene <laughs> Ernest Ernest's martial Mar- oh my goodness marital melee <laughs> <laughs> Right, the plot alright so looks like we have a sequence of, Ooh, of events of here does it give a, does
1: it give a synopsis oh yeah it does it through acts
0: it's not like a scene thing I think we can tease that, though.
1: Honestly, there when is. you see how chat, GPT works, you really understand why the writers are fighting to
0: stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I can be as talented as Tarantino and as dumb as Ernest all in one, I think <laughs> I, I might be the next great script writer, you know, or playwright. All right, so we got we got Ernest Goes to Divorce Court here. It's uh, in the gritty and comedic style. Oh, all right, I don't want to do that, but let's just do uh, Ernest Goes to Divorce Court unfolds as a tale of a love gone Ari awry with, uh, oh shit we gotta teach you reading I can't dude. read I should let you do this since, you can, <laughs> since you're can, since you a reading teacher I read good Ernest Goes to Divorce Court unfolds as a tale of love gone awry with a touch of irreverent did I say that right? yep you did irreverent it. charm mm-hmm. Ernest Worrell our lovable yet hapless protagonist finds himself entangled in the complexities of divorce court after a series of marital misadventures. The film opens with a disheveled Ernest navigating the wreckage of his failed attempts at domestic bliss. Through a a non-linear narrative, Tarantino takes the audience on a journey into the chaotic history of Ernest's marriage, showcasing his well-intentioned but often calamitous actions. As Ernest faced the harsh reality of divorce, he meets his slick and sharp-witted lawyer, Jules, (laughs) <laughs> who lays out a plan to salvage what's left of Ernest's assets. The courtroom becomes a battleground with the grizzled judge presiding over a trial that unfolds like a Tarantino-esque chess match.
1: Can I stop you right here for a second?
0: Yeah. I, I just want to, like, th- like think about,
1: like, what it takes to get divorced, right? You have to piss someone off continually, continually. They have to fall out of love but you with have you,
0: to, you. have to, You have to get... You have to fall in love and, and yeah. convince somebody to marry you first. Yeah, well, for no, Ernest, I'm saying
1: like once you're at the divorce, where you get the yeah. point where you went through the marriage and stuff. So Ernest had to find someone who f- was so in love with them that they wanted to sign up to be with Ernest every day, which he goes on cool adventures. I guess. <laughs> what do you think he did to get someone to want to divorce him? That's my question. Like, how many, how many, it's, like situations it's talk about that? Right. It has to. It, it doesn't mention that once. Why they're no, getting no, no. A We're not through it. I just was thinking it, and I wanted to ask Bernie what he thought about that. Ooh. Oh man, a whole list of. There's
0: that cacophony of uh, events that we can choose as to why he ended up getting divorced. Um, I don't know if any of them are really good. A do it yourself disaster, a cookie <laughs> catastrophe yeah so let's see um, his <laughs> culinary skills are like you could have own. a home improve it project goes horribly wrong what starts as a simple renovation turns into a chaotic scene of destruction with <laughs> walls knocked down pipes bursting <laughs> like, think about
1: like the crazy 90s comedian comedy of that of like yeah. everything falling apart and it's just Ernest with a hammer still standing while the house falls around <laughs> him and the wife comes in and goes that's it uh, you I know- wanna
0: you know what it is? I think what it is is the over-the-top gestures. Mm. <laughs> oh, is he thrusting too much? <laughs> in a way, in his earnest way, in an attempt to salvage the relationship, Ernest goes overboard with grand gestures that, while well-intentioned, only add to the chaos. From skywriting apologies to hiring a mariachi band for a surprise serenade, his attempts to win back Vera's <laughs> affection result in unintended hilarity. Oh, that's oh, awesome. maybe it's all of these things. I think so. Oh. It's a symphony of comedic errors, which mm. oh, so he does all these different things. Yeah, so just- so yeah, so it's a a list goes, uh, DIY disaster, cooking catastrophes, pet predicaments, car comedy, um, communication conundrums, and over the top gestures of all led. To this pivotal moment. Did which, he cheat on her too? Uh, yeah, no. I, no I, he was, I was
1: just about to say I noticed infidelity is not among the Ernest would never. He's no, Ernest. No, no, of course not.
0: An Ernest man wouldn't cheat. Ernest would never.
1: <laughs> Absolutely never. All right, so <laughs> let's get the scene going. I, I, I really want to see how Ernest takes this to heart. Uh, do we want to know the cast first? Of course. Who's gonna play Ernest's wife? So we got Jim, oh, Uma Thurman. Of course, <laughs> it's because it's because you said it's because you said uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, but if you just ask the, it just goes based off that. So it's all people that have been in his movies. But that's true to
0: true to form. You yeah, know, plus and minus Leo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Uma Thurman as Vera, who is his soon-to-be ex-wife. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Jules, the lawyer. Obviously,
1: that's just a, like Jules in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's the Just same reusing name. names, yeah. <laughs> so, in this, hopefully, in this, like Jules from Pulp Fiction is because he quits at the end of the movie. He turns his life around, becomes a lawyer, and becomes what he hated as a criminal, putting criminals away. The man. I think so that's, that's exactly that be how it's a, written. That could be a spinoff. Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know how to say his name. Harry Harvey Ke- Keitel. I think he plays uh, Harvey Keitel. Mr.
1: Wolf. Yeah, he's Mr. Wolf. Okay. Yeah. And, you know who he is. He's he's uh little nikki's grandpa. Oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, no wait, he's he's the devil. Going fall back uh, Grandpa's to hell. Rodney Dangerfield. I'm okay. sorry. So he's he's Satan and little Nikki if uh you guys want to do little Nikki
0: too, definitely <laughs> add that to the queue. So Harvey Kaitel is is the judge known as Judge Marlowe. Zoë Bella as Misty, the cool-headed bailiff. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Uh, or Zoe, maybe I don't know. Michael Madsen as the ex-husband's confidant. I oh, don't know. Tim Roth as the quirky therapist, <laughs> as, and Steve Buscemi as the overworked court clerk. <laughs> yep, yep, that tracks. That's so good. So, all right. All right so we got the ensemble cast. Let's um, get
1: to the scene where Ernest is told he's getting a divorce. Okay. Like where the white wife breaks the news to him. I can't imagine Ernest could even like. Crack a joke during this moment. This would be like the very ser- the most serious moment of
0: Ernest's life. You don't think he's going to do it? Know what I mean? <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. He definitely shouldn't be doing a know what I mean. But let's see. I'm sure he will. All right. Uh, Donnie, you want to play Vera? And Of course. <clears throat> and Nikki, you can do your Ernest. Know what I mean? All right. So here's, here's the scene in which uh, Vera, Ernest's soon-to-be ex-wife, or Ernest's wife in this scene, uh, breaks... To Ernest, that she wants a divorce. Ernest's living room, it's nighttime. The room is dimly lit, creating a tense atmosphere. Vera, Ernest's wife, sits on the couch, visibly distressed. Ernest enters, sensing something is amiss, but maintaining his trademark obliviousness.
1: Ernest, we need to talk. Sure thing, Vern. I mean, Vera, what's cooking? Did he just make a joke about his own, like, real actor <laughs> name? <laughs> No, that like Hey Vern was like the commercial with Ernest, like before. Okay. There's a Hey Vern thing. I'm not. I wish I knew more about Ernest before we did this, but here we are. I I thought this was a Jim Varney reference, but no, it's Vern. Okay. I'm sure the listeners are screaming, It's this. (laughs) That's assuming it's. I mean, at this point, it's just us who listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) And like. Get it I get hyped that we might do something important. We <laughs> might do anything but what we do in our real lives. <laughs> Continue.
0: There it takes a deep breath, trying to find the right words.
1: <sighs> Ernest, I've been doing a lot of thinking and I think it's time for us to go our separate
0: ways. Ernest's eyes widen with genuine surprise. Hmm.
1: Separate ways?
0: Like you want to take different roads to the grocery store? <laughs>
1: I need a second. I need a second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really underestimate how oblivious (laughs) Ernest is in this dialogue.
1: No, Ernest. I mean, I want a divorce.
0: (laughs) Ernest's signature grin fades replaced by a look of genuine confusion. Oh, the light should be on so I could see
1: him do the face. (laughs) Divorce. Oh, you must mean diverse. <laughs> no, <laughs> like a new way of doing things. I'm all for it. You know what I mean. There it is. <laughs> I can't. I can't.
0: Vera, frustrated, attempts to make Ernest understand the gravity of the situation.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> all right, I got it. Ernest, our marriage is like a car with square wheels. No matter how hard you try, it just won't roll. Square wheels. Well. Why don't we just get some round ones then? Problem solved.
0: Vera takes a moment to collect herself, realizing the challenge of communicating with Ernest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How about the next sequel, Ernest Goes to Therapy?
0: (laughs) He's got a therapist in this movie.
1: (laughs) Ernest, it's not about the wheels. (laughs) It's about us. We're different. And I think it's
0: best we go our separate ways. Ernest, still not grasping the reality, attempts to lighten the mood. Well... If it's about being different, we're like peanut butter and
1: pickles. Odd, but surprisingly good together.
0: Vera, now visibly frustrated, decides to be more direct. Ernest, I want a divorce. We need a fresh start. Ernest's smile fades as the weight of Vera's words sink in. The room falls into an uncomfortable silence, broken only by a distant hum of Ernest's eclectic fish tank. (laughs) Glad they put that in there. (laughs) Cut to black. The scene concludes with the harsh reality settling in, leaving Ernest in a moment of genuine reflection on the unexpected turn of events.
1: Can you please look up if Vera is already sleeping with someone else? (laughs) Okay, so yeah.
0: Does ChatGPT
1: look look like that? Don't add a scene, just ask, is Vera... Oh no. Okay. Oh no. Oh, so all right. So in the style of a Quentin Tarantino narrative, the story introduces a mystery mysterious entity Enigmatic character Enigmatic character Vincent Viper Malloy Vincent is the charismatic And smooth-talking individual Who enters the scene Catching the attention Of both Vera and Ernest As the plot unfolds It becomes apparent That Vincent has a history with Vera Flashback sequences Reveal a complex web of connections Adding layers of intrigue To the narrative However, the specifics Of their relationship Remain shrouded in mystery Leaving the audience To piece together the puzzle
0: Classic Mm-hmm. The tension escalates as Vincent becomes a key player in the divorce proceedings. With both Vera and Ernest trying to navigate their feelings in the midst of legal chaos, Vincent's presence adds a touch of unpredictability as his motives and allegiances remain unclear. The film plays with the blurred lines of love, betrayal, and loyalty, creating a narrative where the characters' intentions are as elusive as the whiting paths of the plot. Whether Vera is sleeping with Vincent or his role in the more intricate and symbolic becomes a central mystery contributing to the film's oral sense of intrigue and dark humor so hmm. we don't draw know. your own conclusion that's you know hmm. it's not going to spell it out for you but if you read between the
1: lines i guess that kind of just gets us into Ernest's mindset about the whole thing too <laughs>
0: well is there's no way Ernest. Figure?
1: Ernest is so happy-go-lucky there's no way he's thinking anything like no, he's that, obli- would he's right o- yeah. that would go right oblivious yeah go right
0: over his head i mean the guy's nickname is viper so mm. you that's- guys do you guys know a viper in your life other than randy orton
1: Uh, a Dodge Viper? There we go. (laughs) Perfect. Can you find out who's playing, uh... Who's Viper? Who's Viper? Viper Malloy, and I bet it's John Travolta. Oh, stop it. It's gonna be. And... Christoph Waltz. Oh, Mm -hmm. all right. Who's Christoph Waltz? He plays the, uh... He's, like, the lead Nazi in, um...
0: Glorious Bastards. Yeah, and Glorious I'd have Bastards. To see it. Oh, I think I know who he is. This guy. He looks like a guy that would be sleeping with your wife. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Who voiced Optimus Prem? Oh, um what? <laughs> <laughs> Just wanna know. Um uh, and a perhaps related question. This guy. <laughs> complete, no, like, that's the 80s guy the in same. the movie. Not, not <laughs>
1: even close. In the movie, not not currently uh peter cullen apparently still i guess so i think yeah i'm
0: thinking about the 80s, he returned right? in 2007 the old spark all right continue <laughs> back, back to Ernest. for those who were curious sorry
1: i, I gotta see what the courtroom <laughs> proceedings are like
0: all right um in terms of the scene
1: yeah and in, in, in terms of the scene I, I got to know what Can Ernest make a says prediction? to a judge. Can I make a prediction? The judge hates Ernest at first because he's a buffoon <laughs> at court. But over throughout the trial, he proves his like competency, and the judge grows to respect Ernest. <laughs> and also, they talk it through, and at the end, they get back together.
0: Hmm. I don't. Th- I don't think there's any reconciliation for this. Does
1: Ernest even talk
0: in the scene? I'm seeing a lot of Judge Marlowe, Jules. Oh, there's, there's a little bit of Ernest. Okay.
1: Well, Ernest, it's uh, Ernest's lawyer would talk for him, wouldn't he? I guess you're right. Yeah, no, for that the most makes part.
0: Oh, uh, he does encourage him to be himself. So, Uh-oh. oh, all right. <clears throat> so, divorce courtroom during the day. The courtroom is a cacophony of echoes, filled with hushed whispers and anticipatory tension. Judge Marlowe, a grizzled figure with a keen sense of humor, presides over the legal circus.
1: What characters are we dealing with here? We got um, judge Marlowe, Jules, Ernest,
0: Donnie. You be Jules.
1: <laughs>
0: Mickey, I'll, you be Ernest. I'll be Ernest. I'll I'll pop in with a Judge Marlowe. So I'll, I'll just call it out. So Judge, how's
1: your Southern uh, Judge? All right, folks, let's get the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just mutated into that. All right, folks. Uh, why don't you? Let's get this show on the road. And what's your jewels? Give me your jewels. Well, I feel like I. See if you not... can
0: swing between two. See, give me your jewels. What's your Samuel L. Jackson sound <laughs> like? You got this, Ernest. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, you, you play. You can do both.
0: You're multi faceted No, that
1: is not appropriate. You're I will not great. do that. I was just joking. Didn't? Doesn't Dan Harmon do his iced tea impression? You got this, That's Ernest. Fine. Just be cool. Just be yourself.
0: That's perfect. All I'm right.
1: tired of these snakes on this motherfucking plane.
0: <laughs> Is that Samuel Jackson? In there? You
1: got this, Ernest. <laughs> Just be yourself. Is that
0: a good Sam Jackson? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, FDL. You have to do what you got to do. All right. So you you do both. You you oscillate between Judge Marlowe and Jules. Okay.
1: All right, folks. Let's get this show on the road. Ernest,
0: you're up. Ernest, fidgety and nervous, stumbles to the stand. Jules, his slick lawyer, nods encouragingly.
1: You got this, Ernest! <laughs> Just be yourself!
0: <laughs> Ernest takes a deep breath and starts recounting his version of the marriage, unwittingly turning to the cur- courtroom into a theater of s- absurdity.
1: Well, Your Honor, it all started with this DIY project, seat. I thought I could fix up the house like a beaver on espresso, but, uh, things got a little out of hand.
0: Cut to flashback montage. Ernest knocking down walls with misplaced enthusiasm. A paint explosion that covers the entire room. Vera attempting to salvage the chaos, but failing miserably. Back to the courtroom. The judge tries to suppress a smirk, but the courtroom erupts in laughter.
1: All right, Ernest, we've established your one-man wrecking crew. Now, Vera, your turn.
0: Vera takes the stand, her demeanor serious but composed. Do you want me to be Vera? Yeah.
1: Your Honor, it wasn't just about the house. It was about communication, or lack thereof.
0: Cut to flashback montage. Ernest misunderstanding important conversations, accidental revelations of surprise plans causing chaos, quirky and unintentional hilarious attempts at expressing love. Back to courtroom. Vera's testimony is met with a mix of sympathy and amusement. Communication breakdowns, huh? Now, any witness? The courtroom doors burst open, and in, in walks Vincent <laughs> Viper Molloy, a charismatic figure with a mysterious aura. He takes the stand, casting a captivating presence over the proceedings.
1: And what's your role in this Tarantino-esque drama? <laughs> Just straight up playing it you out skip, loud. You
0: skip Viper.
1: I love it. Oh, oh I'm wait. So, hold oh, on. I'm Viper there? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I got this. Your Honor, I've been observing this marriage closely. It's like a Tarantino movie <laughs> full of twists, turns, and unexpected characters. Right, this is pretty shameless.
0: <laughs> the judge raises an eyebrow intrigued. <laughs> wow, well, the judge
1: is a fan. And what's your role in this Tarantino-esque drama? Let's
0: just say I'm the wild card, Your Honor. The courtroom, now immersed in a heightened sense of mystery, becomes a stage for a darkly humorous legal showdown with Vincent Viper Malloy, adding an unexpected twist to the proceedings. Hmm. Ooh, I need right, water so, uh, after that one. Yeah. No. Great job. Great job. Um. So we've established the cast. The mm-hmm. plot, loosely, I don't think we really went over that, but uh, why we're here in terms of how we ended up in the divorce court and now we're, we've initiated the first exchanges let's of the fi- proceedings. Let's figure out the assets that are being divided. <laughs> All <right. laughs> I'd like to get into that.
1: <laughs> like, uh, is there a custody battle? That'd be great. <laughs> Does Ernest, Ernest have a dog? I think Ernest has a dog in Scared Stupid, doesn't he? I feel
0: like there is a dog. Uh, There were some pet mishaps that were cited as reasons Mm -hmm. for the divorce. Well, he had an eclectic fish tank. There it is, the eclectic fish tank, number uh, one. All right, so in the divorce proceedings, the discussion of assets takes a turn. Blending humor, absurdity, and unexpected twists, the assets being discussed include the eclectic fish tank, Ernest argues passionately for the ownership of the fish tank, a quirky collection of exotic fish with names like Bubbles, Giggles, and Sir Finnington. Mm-hmm. The fish tank becomes a symbolic battleground, representing the oddities of their shared life. Nice. This is deep. The in, number two, the enchanted lava lamp collection. Vera insists on keeping the collection of lava lamps, each one supposedly holding sentimental value. The courtroom is treated to a comical debate on the mystical properties of the lamps and their significance and their failed attempts at romantic ambiance. Number three, the vintage caravan. Ernest, with his trademark enthusiasm, pleads to keep the vintage caravan they acquired during a misguided road trip. The caravan, now a symbol of their adventurous but tumultuous journey, becomes a focal point of their sentimental value. Four, Vincent Viper and Malloy's mysterious inher- right, inheritance. Why is that, why yeah. is that on the line? That should line? not he's, be on he's, he,
1: he's not involved in their life. Or why? is he? Is, does he? Produce, how does that come That's into play? That's how
0: mysterious this movie is and this character is. He
1: puts his own inheritance on the Let's line? see. Vincent's sudden <laughs> entrance no
0: into the courtroom sparks curiosity about his mysterious inheritance. As the discussion unfolds, it's revealed that Vincent has a collection of bizarre and valuable items, including a vintage record player that plays only obscure B-sides. What? He's a hipster, basically. Ah oh, uh,
1: Um But like why is his like why are his assets in the divorce? Like why so are would, you num- Are you
0: asking for something to be rational in this movie? Number six makes even less sense. <laughs> All right. So the DIY disaster house is number five. Number six, the quirky therapist's unconventional advice. Okay, hold on. <laughs> what does this even mean? Tim Roth, who played the quirky therapist in flashback sequences, is called as an expert witness. His unconventional advice becomes a point of contention with both parties trying to calm the therapist's wisdom as an asset. What? Claim the therapist's wisdom as an asset. I don't even...
1: I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I think Chachi VT is thinking outside the box in terms of what an asset he's, is. It's,
0: he's trying to be Tarantino, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Oh, I, I, it all makes sense. You just have to... You have to That's what's so crazy about this movie is that what doesn't seem to make any sense makes perfect sense. I don't know about that. You just have to watch it ten times like Clockwork Orange or something. Just brainwash myself until I get it. And then seven is the square-wheeled car. Okay. Okay. A vintage car modified by Ernest in an attempt to create the car of the future becomes a comedic centerpiece. The courtroom is treated to a surreal debate on the practicality of square wheels and whether the car should be sold or kept as a bizarre relic.
1: Can we just do that scene real quick where in the middle of the divorce trial uh, they just start talking about the square wheeled car that he tries to make? Oh is that to prove his wife he's doing that to prove to his wife that a square wheeled car can work? Oh I like that. <laughs> no that's, that's why good. he made he made he made the square wheel yeah. car because she said we're like a square wheeled car <laughs> and if he makes a square wheel car work, I bet to I bet hundred dollars that that fixes the marriage because he proves to her that a car has can you can make a square wheeled car. This movie is, is awesome. <laughs> what do we have for time right now?'re we're,
0: we're a healthy 45 in yeah, all like right that. perfect perfect.
1: How long should this be? <laughs> this is the first time we've really done this. So. We're,
0: we're cooking. We'll just
1: we'll just let it ride. I guess
0: if like if we really
1: like get going on it, we could cut it up into two episodes. Oh
0: man, leave a cliffhanger for the folks. Yeah. Oh, we could do cliffhangers. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get down to the of the determination of who gets the square wheeled car asset. So we're uh, we're back in the divorce courtroom during the day. The atmosphere in the courtroom is tense as the discussion turns to the square-wheeled car, an unconventional asset that has become a symbol of Ernest and Vera's quirky marriage. The judge, Judge Marlowe, looks bemused as he addresses the couple.
1: Before you before we do the scene, look up why he made the square why he made the car.
0: Okay. <clears throat> because I think that'll add more feeling to the characters. Okay. So we're going to Get some detail as to why Ernest made this square-wheeled car. Um, all right, so it's this is a flashback scene of All how. right, let's do this
1: first, then we'll go into the scene. All right, so yeah.
0: this is the origin story of the square-wheeled car. <laughs> it doesn't really—it may not necessarily tease out why, but without further ado, we're going to hit this flashback sequence in Ernest's garage during the day. Ernest wearing safety goggles and— wielding a wrench, is surrounded by a mishmash of tools and blueprints. His eyes gleam with excitement as he explains his grand vision to Vera, who looks on skeptically.
1: You see, Vern, uh, Vera, this here car is gonna revolutionize the way we travel. No more bumpy rides or potholes. It's the car of the future, guaranteed to smooth out life's journey.
0: Vera raises an eyebrow, unconvinced. Ernest, it's just square wheels?
1: How's that gonna work?
0: Ernest, undeterred by Vera's skepticism, continues his explanation. That's the genius of it. The square wheels will roll in a wobbly but innovative way,
1: creating a ride like no other. It's a metaphor for life's unpredictability. Know what I mean?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Varys sighs, realizing she's in for another one of Ernest's whimsical adventures. Cut to montage. Ernest, with an infectious mix of determination and naivety, transforms their ordinary car into a peculiar masterpiece. He saws, welds, and hammers away, creating square wheels, with meticulous care. Cut to test drive. The couple embarks on a test drive, the square-wheeled car shaking and wobbling down the street. (laughs) Ernest, with unbridled enthusiasm, shouts over the noise. Feel that, Vern? It's like riding a roller coaster on a cloud. Vera gripping the seat musters a meek smile, realizing that Ernest's vision might be more of a bumpy ride than a smooth journey. Cut to present-day courtroom. As the square-wheeled car becomes a contested asset in the divorce proceedings, the courtroom witnesses... The as- aftermath of Ernest's well-intentioned but misjudged attempt at creating the car of the future, a symbol of their unconventional journey and a constant reminder of Ernest's quirky approach to life. All right, so we didn't really get to why other than the fact that... Uh, it was still worth it. He, he's got a vision at, as to create the car of the future that's guaranteed to smooth out life's journey. It which, was so worth it. Which failed miserably. Um, no, but yeah, great. It's, it's always good to kind of set, set the scene as to... Right. What right. we're going to be discussing. The here. more
1: I learn about their relationship, though, the the more I'm confused about how they ever got married in the first place. Would you get divorced to Ernest? Yes. Based off the stuff he's yes, doing? Yes,
0: absolutely. I he's got a, he's got some sick ideas. Yeah, yeah, maybe keeps it fun. <laughs> the then me. Car, the car of the future. Imagine his ideas in the bedroom, though. <laughs>
1: He probably chose to fit things, he probably chose to fit shapes that don't make sense into people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just like this very guy. He, he definitely fit has some shape. unique sex wings too. Oh my god. Er,
1: Ernest scared Ernest scared of sex wings. Can we get a BDSM? Uh can we get Fifty Shades of Gray? But we'll replace Christian Gray with Ernest.
0: Fifty Shades of Ernest. Oh
1: man. Can't. Fifty Shades of Ernest might be in Okay, bad. I'm ready to I'm ready to abandon this one for <laughs> that one. So are
0: you with me or are we continuing? Uh you know, what's playing? Out this scene, and then I'll I'll cook up the Fifty Shades of Ernest. All okay, right? great. so uh, so the judge Judge Marlowe looks bemused as he addresses the couple.
1: All right, let's cut to the chase. The square wheel car. What's the deal with that?
0: Ernest and Vera exchange glances, each with a claim to the peculiar vehicle. Jules, Ernest's lawyer, and Vincent Viper Malloy watch from their respective corners, adding to the air of intrigue.
1: Your Honor. That their car is a masterpiece of innovation. Sure, doesn't exactly
0: roll smoothly, but it's the car of the future, like a spacecraft on a budget. The judge raised an eyebrow, clearly skeptical. The car of the future,
1: huh? How about <laughs> that? We call it the car of the past. You say? What say you, Vera? Sarcastically. Oh, it's a masterpiece, all right—a masterpiece of chaos. That thing's a medicine <laughs> wheels, Ernest.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm reading the stage direction. <laughs> Ernest, undeterred, takes a step forward, gesturing emphatically.
1: Your Honor, it's a symbol of our journey, our struggles, and our uh, reading the line unique approach to life. <laughs> we can't just
0: let it go. Vincent Viper Malloy leans over to Jules, <laughs> whispering with a smirk.
1: I laughed because I read that. I
0: read it <laughs> really hammering it home with. The movie Viper, you want, you want to read the next line, Viper? Mm-hmm. This is, this
1: is than a Tarantino flick, don't you think? The most sh- <laughs> Why does he keep talking about Terrence? The
0: most shameless Tar- screenplay oh. of all time.
1: The whole character is based off just talking about <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Like it's the only thing he cares about. It's such a stupid
0: <laughs> Well, at the same time, I think you really you need to continually remind the audience that this is. A Tarantino film because it's unique to him.
1: Imagine being a director and saying, "Oh, this is like my style of movie—the whole movie." It's so fucking stupid. Uh, it's good for comedy. Oh god, I, I I like Viper a lot. He's probably the best character in this movie.
0: I think he should be played by Quentin himself. Oh, uh, so Jules nods, acknowledging the absurdity of the situation.
1: Uh, Jules is the is my Sam Jackson impression, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's a real page turner. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't do Sam Jackson no, like I've now. had it with these other fucking on the motherfucking play <laughs> <laughs> It's a real page turner. <laughs> That's for sure. And then, like I can't, uh,
0: The judge, so bad. The judge, amused by the theatrical theatricality of it all, addresses the courtroom. All right, now jump into your Judge Marlowe voice. <laughs> <laughs> I need water. Yeah.
1: All right, here's what's going to do. We're going to flip a coin. Heads it goes to Ernest, tails it goes to Vera. Fair enough.
0: The couple agrees reluctantly. The judge flips a coin and it twirls in the air.
1: <clears throat> well, 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 looks like we got ourselves a tails.
0: Vera smirks while Ernest's shoulders slump in mock defeat. Well, Vera... Looks like you're the proud owner of the car of the past. The judge the judge bangs the gavel, and the surreal courtroom scene continues, leaving the square-wheeled car as a quirky asset in the hands of Vera, a symbol of their unconventional journey. I love how it just keeps reminding us of
1: what, <laughs> what it means. You know? um, let's put a bow on this. Let's find out what happens in the divorce settlement, and then let's move to Fifty Shades of okay. Ernest. Uh, and I really want to apologize for my uh, <laughs> my impressions. They're awful. I did this without knowing. Uh, I mean, I think he really embodied Viper and his love for Tarantino (laughs) movies. Yeah.
0: Tarantino movie. That hit home. All right, so we're getting straight to the ruling of the divorce settlement. It's another scene in the divorce courtroom during the day. After a series of comical and surreal discussions about their assets, the divorce settlement reaches its climax. The judge, Judge Marlowe, addresses the courtroom with a blend of humor and seriousness.
1: All right, folks, we've had quite the journey today. It's time to settle this divorce and determine the fate of these unique assets.
0: The tension in the courtroom is palpable as Ernest Vera Jules and Vincent Viper Malloy await the judge's ruling.
1: First off, the fish tank, Ernest, you can keep your aquatic entourage, consider it a token of goodwill.
0: Ernest's face lights up with genuine joy. Thank you, Your Honor, Bubbles. Giggles and Sir Finnington are going to be so happy. The judge then turns his attention to the lava lamp collection.
1: And the lava lamps, Vera, those are yours. May they continue to illuminate your path.
0: Vera nods, accepting the quirky collection with a hint of satisfaction.
1: Thank you, Your Honor. I'll make sure they cast a warm glow on my new journey. I almost did that as Jules. I almost went, (laughs) Thank you, Your Honor. (laughs) It makes that cast a warm glow on my new journey.
0: I heard you take a deep (laughs) breath, and I was a little nervous. (laughs) The judge takes a dramatic pause before addressing the vintage caravan.
1: The Vintage Caravan, the symbol of your adventurous spirit, will remain neutral ground. You can decide together who gets custody on our case-by-case basis.
0: Ernest and Vera exchange uncertain glances, realizing that their journey with the Vintage Caravan isn't over. The judge then shifts his focus to Vincent Viper <laughs> Why? <Malloy>.
1: <laughs> Why? <laughs> now, Viper, your mysterious inheritance will <laughs> <laughs> remain yours. Why was it ever that's up for it, Hey, that's Why a, was a good ruling. up for grabs? <laughs> we don't need any more surprises in this courtroom. <laughs> <whole> <laughs> Was it why was it? <laughs> oh it's almost as if he, like Viper as a said, You know what? Put my inheritance on the line, too. Yeah. It's, it's not professional wrestling. Like, <laughs> you know why he put it up there? Because it would have made for a good Tarantino movie. Yeah. That's why <laughs> And then you want to whisper to the, the jury this is like a real Tarantino movie,
0: huh? <laughs> Uh, Vincent smirks, acknowledging the judge's wisdom. Finally, the judge addresses the square-wheeled car.
1: (laughs) The square-wheeled car, a symbol
0: of innovation or chaos,
1: depending on your perspective, will go to Vera. May it continue to roll the twists and
0: turns of life. Vera looks somewhat bemused by the ruling while Ernest feigns disappointment with a wink at Vera. Well, looks like you got yourself a real gem there, Vern. As the judge bangs the gavel, the divorce settlement is finalized. The quirky assets are divided, and Ernest and Vera, despite the unconventional journey, find closure in the courtroom's absurdity.
1: Case closed. May your future paths be as uniquely predictable, unpredictable as your past.
0: The courtroom, once filled with chaos, begins to clear as the characters exit, leaving behind a blend of laughter, nostalgia, and a sense of unpredictable nature of love and divorce. <laughs> Kind
1: of a downer for an Ernest movie. I don't know. We, I, I It's a movie about divorce. You know? I know. It's as, it's, as, it's as cheery as it could be, you I know? I feel like even a movie about divorce for Ernest, though, would have to end up with them getting back together at the end. Yeah, like, that's what I thought, too. And I bet yeah. if we kept going, we could get it yeah, there. Yeah, but, yeah. like,
0: it's probably just a sequel, you
1: know? Maybe. I, uh, ooh, Ernest gets divorced part two. This time the kids. This time it's custody.
0: Oh, no. This time it's custody.
1: <laughs> Honestly,
0: Ernest gets divorced even more divorced. <laughs> Ernest Ernest gets divorced. Not a bad screenplay. No. What if? All
1: right. I'm I'm thinking of sequels to this now. So what if Ernest, like, to get them back together to get divorced again, and Ernest gets divorced too. She's driving <laughs> the square wheeled car and she crashes it. And, like, Ernest saves her, saves her life. And, but, like, someone notices the square-wheeled car is, like, a genius thing. So, like, they become billionaires. But, like, also Ernest saved her life. And then, like, they do go through the whole thing again, renew the vows, get married. And then they have to get divorced again. But this time they had a kid. So it's, you know, Ernest Ernest gets divorced too. This time it's custody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the person that makes them billions is Elon Musk. He sees that invention and and just pilots it into his new Teslas.
1: Hey, did you watch him uh, stream Diablo the other night? No, I missed it. Oh, I was, think busy, I was
0: busy doing anything else. <laughs> was he really legit doing that, or are you joking? <laughs> I did not watch it. I was. I did. But he like actually did that. I, I, that's what was said to be done. It was supposed to stream on X, so I think it was just a obviously a publicity stunt. I do not recognize X as its name.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> So, we're, we should probably wrap things up soon. It's almost been yeah, an hour. I think... Yeah. Um, but, the, real quick. Oh God. Can we do Fifty Shades of Ernest? Just, <laughs> so, just the synopsis. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, bonus
0: Fifty Shades of Ernest. Alright, as a tease for the next episode. We'll do Fifty Shades of Ernest? We'll do Fifty Shades of Ernest.
1: We'll okay. And, here's what I want from everyone. I want some homework. Everyone has to watch one Ernest movie. Including including the viewers. No, I'm talking about you <laughs> and you and me. We need to get this character down. I feel like we kind of figured him out just by watching YouTube clips of him. I feel like I learned a lot about Ernest from just these prompts that keep popping up. I learned a lot about uh, Tarantino-esque movies. <laughs>
0: All right, so I'm going to read this synopsis and have it fade. A little teaser. Nice. As we'll pick this up in the next episode. Ernest Worrell, a lovable yet hapless everyman, stumbles into the world of romance when he unknowingly becomes the object of affection for a mysterious and eccentric billionaire, Vivian Steele. Vivian, played by a charismatic and enigmatic actress, takes an interest in Ernest's unique charm and decides to make him the unwitting protagonist of her unconventional romantic experiment. As Ernest is drawn into Vivian's lavish world, he finds himself navigating through a series of hilarious, awkward encounters. From misunderstood invitations to unintentional romantic gestures, Vivian introduces him to a diverse cast of quirky characters, each representing a different shade of love, as Ernest grapples with the complexities of romance in ways only he can. Plot takes an unexpected turn as Ernest, with his trademark innocence, inadvertently becomes the center of a comedic love triangle, (laughs) and perhaps even a pentagon, involving characters ranging from a misunderstood therapist to a love-stricken fish tank enthusiast. (laughs) As the shades of love unfold, the film explores themes of acceptance, understanding, and the inherent absurdity of human connections. With a quirky soundtrack and a blend of slapstick comedy and heartwarming moments, Fifty Shades of Ernest delivers a unique and entertaining twist on the romance genre, showcasing the unexpected hues that love can take when filtered through the lens of the one and only Ernest P. Worrell. Awesome. Or Worrell. Till next episode. That is amazing.